great to see you this morning. I thought I was in trouble then. I got called Simon. I thought, oh dear, what have I, what have I done? Did I keep you awake? Yes, yeah. Um, have a think for a moment. What was the best gift someone gave you, or I mean, a really good gift? It doesn't have to be an expensive one. It could just be anything small. One of the best gifts that I uh, was given, and it was a bit of a wake-up call to me, was uh, when my first Christmas after being married to Anna, and she um, and she produced this gift for me, which was a penknife. And this penknife was exactly the same one that my mum and dad, who are here this morning, brought me when I was six, when we were out in Switzerland. It was a Swiss army knife. And uh, I suddenly realized that Anna actually listened to what I said. And she didn't just do what I did and walk into the shop and go, oh, that'll do. Oh, oh she'll like that, I think. She actually listened. And I thought, oh, dear, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Marriage is hard. God, I'm going to have to actually listen to what she's saying and, 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 you know, look to buy appropriate presents in the future. I've uh, possibly not done very well uh, on that, which is why I'm not going to give her an opportunity to, to, to share uh, her best present. But uh, there you go. There you go. Anyway, it's great to be with you this Easter morning as we remember and celebrate Jesus' perfect life, how he lived a life that fully pleased God in deed, in his words, in his thinking. And then he willingly chose to go to the cross, to die on the cross on our behalf, so he could take on himself all the things that we have done, all the things that we have said, all the things that we have thought that offend God and that put us at odds with the living God, so that through faith in him, we could be forgiven, we could be accepted, we could have the hope of eternal life with him. We get the free gift of the Holy Spirit when you put your faith in Jesus, who comes and lives inside of you and helps you live for God. He's a guide in life. He's a comforter in difficult times. He's a help in your life. And more than this, just as Jesus rose from the grave three days later by the power of the Spirit, we too have that certain hope that when we die or when he returns, we too will be with him forever on a renewed and a perfected world where there is no wickedness, there is no bad things happening. And that's available to all. That's why we celebrate Easter. Amen? Amen. That's the truth. Actually, in reality, here at this church, we celebrate that truth every week. We don't just wait to once a, a year. And we encourage people that come here that know Jesus to celebrate that truth every day of their lives. Because actually, that is the best gift that you could ever have. It's heaven's gift to you. Esau wasn't a tragic end to a good moral teacher but it was the greatest plot twist in history. It was the most costly and most effective rescue plan ever. Costly because it cost the death of the Son of the living God. Effective because it offers forgiveness, acceptance, and eternal life to all who come to Jesus. And if you're watching or you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'll give you an opportunity at the end to receive that gift, heaven's gift to you.
this morning. And you see, you don't come into heaven when you receive that. You, you, you won't enter into heaven as a token freebie. You know, that one of those people that they know they don't really belong there and everyone treats them like that. You're adopted, the Bible says, into God's family. You are royalty in Christ. You, you can walk around like you own the place because in God you do. Hallelujah. All because of Easter. You may be thinking here this morning, maybe thinking, oh, that's, that's nice, but I just don't believe that. Can I just ask you to honestly, as actually the word um, that was brought, Angela brought earlier, challenges you, just to do an honest assessment of yourself. Do you not believe that because you genuinely don't believe it? Or do you not believe it because actually you don't, you don't want to change? Or because... Actually, you haven't really looked into it, and you're not sure you could be bothered to look into it. If that's the case, my friends, you are actually being blasé about the most important question of life. And for some of you, you're realizing, oh, maybe I should actually look into it. Maybe just at least examine some of the evidence for Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Can I say we've got an Alpha course coming up in May? It's a great course to come along to if you're in that place. There's lots of opportunities to ask questions. Well, what about this? What about that? And uh, if you haven't done one before, you'll actually, I, I can promise you, you'll be astounded at the amount and variety of evidence that there is for Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection. And even the passage we're going to look at today with you actually, hopefully, should resonate with you a bit, because it was written by a guy called Luke, who wasn't an eyewitness, he was a doctor uh, by trade, and uh, he, because of his logical mind that he had, he went and he spoke to the eyewitnesses. He tells you at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, and he, he puts together an orderly account of what happens from the testimony of eyewitnesses who saw what happened. And interestingly, it's one of the little facts that you learn, that the Gospels are full of just tiny details in them that experts who look at historical you know, documents for, for living uh, and that sort of thing, they tell us that actually these, these little details highlight that it was written by eyewitnesses or that there are accounts of eyewitnesses. Because otherwise, some of them, they actually have no point, in, if you like, in the main story. They're just like a little aside, and, and uh, there'd be no reason why they would be in there. So let's look at the passage this morning, and uh, we'll just look at some of these. So if you turn to uh, Luke's Gospel, if you've got that, chapter 24. If not, it will appear on the screen behind me, which is probably easier. But we do encourage people to bring Bibles if they've got them, and to uh, uh, have their own Bibles. But if you don't have a Bible and you want one, we can give you one on the way out as well. It says this in Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed down, uh, sorry, bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, 
Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he had told you while he was still in Galilee, all those, all those miles away, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. Wasn't a tragic uh, end to a good moral teacher. You can see that. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. That's the you know the eleven disciples who are left because Judas has obviously uh, gone away from them and met his end. And to all the rest that were gathered. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling or wondering at what had happened. Interestingly, in a culture and a time where women's opinions didn't really matter much. You can see that in the disciples' responses. <laughs> just, just idle tales. What are you talking about, women? Uh, who, who is it that heaven chooses to announce the resurrection to first? It's to these ladies. It makes no sense, you see, if you're trying to fabricate a story. You would go to the important people to make them believe first. Nor would you actually put in there the apostles' Responses, which is, you know, terrible, really, isn't it? That the, the um, how they respond to the situation, even though Jesus had told them many times that he would rise again. It's written this way because that is how it happened. And you may be here this morning, and you may feel actually a bit like those women uh, in this account, where they were overlooked, they were treated as silly, they were not seen as very important. You might have people say to you, oh, you don't believe that idle tale, do you? Oh, you're just this, you're just that. These women were the first to come and look for Jesus. And they were the first people that God chose to reveal the resurrection to. Hallelujah. John's gospel takes it further, and he makes it clear that Mary Magdalene hung around there for a bit longer. And if you like, she was the lowest of the low of these, of these women. And yet she was the very first person to actually see the risen Lord Jesus. God sees you for who you are. He sees you and will respond to your faith, not to your position or significance in life, even if you feel and are treated as insignificant by others, you're not overlooked by your Heavenly Father. I want you to hear that this morning. He loves you. And in Christ Jesus, if you've given yourself to Christ, do you know no greater privilege could be given you in life because you've already been adopted into God's family? There's no greater position that you could hold than being a son or a daughter, adopted son and daughter of the living God. And that's for you this morning. Let's, let's move on in the story. 
Next thing that happens in, in Luke, you get these two insignificant disciples. They may be important people, but they're insignificant in terms of the, they're not one part of the 12. They don't really play a major part in the early church. We don't really hear of them much again. And they're taking the road out of Jerusalem. They've, they're depressed. They're defeated. They think, oh, we might as well give up on, on this. And they, and they walk away. Don't believe what the women have said, and they're walking away. And Jesus comes along and joins them on the road. But they don't recognize him immediately. It's a bit later when they recognize him. Again, you wouldn't write it like that if you were trying to persuade people. It was written like this because this is what happened. This is what Jesus says to them when they've you know, sort of uh, shared a few things with him. He says, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, basically going right back to the beginning, going through all of time, explaining what was happening, he interpreted to them all the scriptures. Sorry, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were, go- which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, they took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And then they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen. Indeed, he has appeared to Simon. Oh, great, they can believe it now that uh, Simon Peter's seen it. Simon says, so uh, yeah. then, they told what, then they told them what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. My friends, have you ever wondered why Jesus waits to reveal himself to the disciples? He first takes time to point out to them the scriptures, to go through the scriptures one by one, pointing to his life, death, and resurrection. Do you know the sheer number of prophetic words in the Old Testament about Jesus, there are over 350 of them that Jesus fulfilled in his life, which is mathematically impossible to do to fulfill by coincidence. And it's actually mathematically it's impossible to do if you're a con artist, because many of them were about where he was going to be born, what would happen to him uh, when, he, when, he, uh, when he was dying, and when he, after he was, he was dead. You, can't, you couldn't orchestrate that as if you were trying to you know, con people. Now, listen to this account as well. This was by, if you like, the, the seemingly most important person is Simon Peter. This is what he has to say. And it will just, it'll just um, emphasize why Jesus spent time to bring the scriptures to us. He said this, But we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So they saw it with their very eyes. For when, we had received, when he had received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. So they saw and they heard. But listen to what he goes on to say. And we have something more sure than what he had seen with his own eyes and heard with his own ears. We have something more sure, the prophetic word, the scriptures, in other words, to which you will do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place. We'll just leave it there. More sure than what Peter had seen and heard is the prophetic word of God towards us. You know, there are times in life, and actually all of you will go through this if you haven't already, when the knocks of life, the ups and downs of life, mean that even though you know Jesus, you don't feel he's close to you. And even the more mature of you might think, oh, I, know, I know he's with me, I know he's here. But it doesn't feel like that because of the ups and downs of life. My friends, we need to go again to the word of life, to the Bible. There's living water for your soul in these scriptures. There's medicine for you. There's things that will help you as you meditate upon the Bible. There's truth here to sustain you through the darkest times in your life. My friends, we need to be a people of God's Word. We go to it not just because we want to, and we should want to go to God's Word, but we go to it because we need to go to God's Word. It's the very air that we breathe to our spiritual lungs. It's water to our soul as we drink it. Be a people of the Word of God, is what I'm saying to you this morning. It will sustain you through the ups and the downs of this life. It will be a lamp to your feet right the way through this life into life eternal. Okay, let's, let's move on because it's Easter Sunday and no one wants me to speak too long this morning. So I'll, I'll, I'll carry on. If you're thinking about roast lamb and all that sort of thing or whatever you've, you've got. I know, I know, I know. Jesus then finally appears to the 11 after also having a special encounter with, with uh, Peter, it would appear. And he again reminds them of the scriptures about himself. And as you say, not only is the rest history, but this group of depressed, despondent nobodies go on to actually make history, affecting the course of this world more than any king, more than any army, more than any regime in history ever has, despite the fact that they were frequently persecuted, and right throughout history into this present day, frequently persecuted. Nothing seems to be able to stop the spreading of the gospel. Hallelujah. Even today, if you look around the world today, 
the gospel is spreading faster and to more people groups than it ever has in any time in history. Hallelujah. But it's not surprising, really, is it? If death couldn't stop Jesus, then nothing is going to be able to stop the message that he wants us to proclaim. And it's not because the disciples or any of us are particularly amazing communicators, but it's because, as Jesus tells us in that passage up there, to wait till you are clothed with power from on high. That is, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were emboldened to speak. He helped them speak. He helped them live for Jesus. And he worked through them to challenge, to heal, and also to uh, draw people to himself. Hallelujah. That same spirit is at work in his church today as well. It's God's promised helper for you. If you know Jesus this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you afresh. Don't draw strength from within yourself. You'll soon find yourself weary and worn out. Draw strength from on high, because there is an unlimited supply available for you today to help you through all of life's ups and downs. And there are many ups and downs in this life. But God doesn't promise to take you out of it, but he promises to be with you through those ups and downs, all the way through to eternal life. That power is available to us all afresh this morning. Not because of who you are, not because of your efforts, or you have to do something special to earn it, but all because of Jesus, because of his life, his death, and his resurrection. So all thanks to Easter. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can I invite the, the band to uh, come back up here, please? If you're here today, or you're watching online, and you don't know Jesus, and as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit has just been challenging you and touching your heart. Can, uh, and you think, actually, yeah, I want to get right with God. I know that I've not done that, and I want, to, I want, to, I want what, I've been, what this man's been talking about. Then can I ask you just to pray this in your heart along with me as a prayer of surrender to God and, uh, and a prayer of a, a welcoming, welcoming him into your heart. Just pray this in your heart along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus to die on a cross to save me. Please forgive me of all that I have done, said and thought that offend you. And through the power of your spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, help me to live the rest of my life for you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, please come and see me afterwards. Or if you're watching online, please contact the office. We'd love to give you just a, a little booklet to explain a bit more about what you have uh, uh, done this morning. I'd love to talk to you further about that. But for the rest of us, can I invite you to stand? I'm just going to pray for God's spirit to fall afresh on us this morning. Uh, during this song 
those getting baptised and get ready to get baptised. If you've got small children, um, they need to be collected from the door. If they're upstairs, then they'll be, we'll release the hounds in a minute. Don't worry, they'll, uh, <laughs> they'll come out. My child's one of them, so I can call them that. Uh, but uh, yeah, they'll come out during this song as well. But let's just, let's just invite the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. Lord Jesus, thank you that when you were here, you said it's better that you go, because if you go, that you will send the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. We say, come and have your way amongst us. Come and fill each person afresh with your spirit this morning, I pray. Come and meet with each person, Lord God. Whatever they're going through, whether they're in a good place, whether they're in a difficult place, Lord God, just come and pour your spirit upon them, I pray, Lord God. I pray, even for those that don't know you, Lord God, I pray that they'll just sense something of your spirit's presence here, just challenging their heart, even now, Lord God. Holy Spirit, come and have your way amongst us. I pray, we just ask for your healing power to fall as well as we sing this song, Lord God. Lord God, would your healing house, thank you, it's by your stripes, Lord Jesus, that we are healed. And I pray that you would move in this place in healing, Lord God. Lord God, just touching people's bodies physically, Lord God, and making them whole. We ask this, Lord God, come and have your way amongst us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.